0: Well, thank you it 's always an honor to speak on mother's day uh, it 's been a couple of years I did it in the very beginning and then I skipped a year and so it 's a little bit of a stretch um, but it's good I feel like it's the right time it 's the right season and I really do feel like that there was a grace even preparing um, and just so before I get started those of you that don 't know I have four children of my own i have Caden, who is my 12-year-old, and Carson is my 10-year-old, and then my uh, middle daughter is Addison, she's seven, and then Raylan is six, and she is still in her class. And so, anyway, I just, I love those kiddos, um, and you know, he's talking about homeschooling and this and that, but parenting is probably, and I've said this before, one of the hardest things that I have ever done. Um, and really, it's just because parenting is like looking in a giant mirror. You know, it's so like good. you re- reproduce who you are and not what you want. And so, when you say, "Honey, uh, why, where, where did that attitude come from?" Like, I have no idea where that where that came <laughs> where did it come from. from. I'm not I'm not real sure about that. <laughs> and uh, and so, in order to be a better wife and a better mom, a better friend, a better you know, a better mother. I have to become a better person. And yeah. in order to do that, then I have to change. And that's not always easy. Um, it's it's not, it's hard. And so, and then sometimes, you know, we can be our own worst critics. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yes. That sometimes we're our own worst critics. And I think just, you know, sometimes we can look at all of the messes and the mistakes that we've made. And as moms, we can, forget to celebrate all the memories and all the moments that we've created. And I I really just felt like God gave me that because it is so true and it's so important that just even as a mom that you realize what the hero that you are. And so I'm excited about this um, and Pastor Jim's going to share the story from the scripture, but it's a story in Joshua about a woman who is an unlikely hero. And so he's going to share the scripture and then I'm going to some points out.
1: Absolutely. You know, when we talk about an unlikely hero, uh, Phyllis and I were talking through some verses and it's interesting. This is the story of Rahab and the spies. Now, Rahab is a prostitute. Um, And so when you look at the Bible and you look at women who can teach us great things to help us Be men and women of faith and men don't check out just because Phyllis is up here. This message applies to us as well. You know, I bet if you checked off the list of great heroes in the Bible, a prostitute is probably not one of them. And uh, Rahab, she finds herself in the scriptures. And there are some really amazing things that I think that we can pull out of this. I'm going to read out of Joshua chapter 2, verse 2 through 24. We're going to skip around. It's a lot of verses. uh, But as I do that, let me just set the stage of where we're going to pick up. Uh, God has given Israel the promised land. And so Joshua is leading God's people. Now, I always find it interesting that though they already had been guaranteed the promised land because of God's word, they still had to go and fight. That's why I always say, look, we don't fight for freedom or for victory. We fight from victory. Like, God's already given us victory, but how many know you still got a devil out there that we fight each and every day? And it's not through physical weapons, but spiritual weapons, worship, prayer, things like that. And so here, they're going into the land. They're going to have to fight the enemy. Uh, And so Joshua sends spies into the land to go case out the land. And the the spies find themselves in Rahab's place. It's uh, a place of prostitution. Now, the king of the city found out about the spies. And so he sends some men to go in and to find the spies and to bring them to himself. And they're going to execute them and kill them. And this is where we pick up in verse 4. It says, but the women had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me. So she's responding to the men that came to grab the spies and take them to the king. And she says, but I do not know where they had come from. And at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. So they came here. They were here. Yes, I didn't know who they were, but they've already left. Uh, It says, I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly and you may catch up with them. But she had actually taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flack that she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that led to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. So in other words, Rahab uh, disobeyed the king, lied to the king's people, and then hid the spies Upstairs. And then in verse eight it says, Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting with fear because of you. So in other words, look, you're God's people. You're chosen by God. We know that, and the people of this city are afraid. Now skip to verse twelve. And then she says, now please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. So in other words, look, I saved your life. I'm asking you to save my life and my family's life. And it says, because I've showed kindness to you. So they agree, yes, we're going to save you. And what they actually tell her is to, is to tie a scarlet cord in the window. And when the Israelites attack the city, they will not attack the room that has a scarlet cord hanging from the window. So they tell her, look, Rahab, you got to bring your family in when we attack and everybody in this room will be safe because of your faith. And then verse 22, this is the last Part I want to bring out says, Then they left, they went out to the hills forded by the rivers and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. So they gave an account of what took place. And it said, They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And so ultimately, what we know is that the Israelites take the city. They're victorious, and partially because of Rahab hiding the spies and letting them go back to encourage the people that God had given them the city. Rahab, in the story, she didn't do everything right. That's why she's an unlikely hero. The, the, the past that she comes from and even what she did in the interactions with these spies, she lived a life of sin, yet she is listed among the giants of faith. And Phyllis has got a few great things that we can learn from, from Rahab.
0: Well, the first thing, I, the, uh, there's actually a few interesting things. We talked about this story, and I really just felt like that God gave me two or you know, three points that I felt like were really important in the story, and also just I felt like that I spoke to my life um, and some of the things that I could relate to. And the first is don't compare yourself with anyone else. Rahab was a woman that definitely didn't fit the hero like Jim was talking about or a role model um, that you would normally think of. And the spies chose her house because, you know, traffic in and out, men in and out at night wouldn't necessarily draw attention because this was the life that she lived. And because she was a prostitute, they called her a woman of the night. And yet God still chose to save her from death, to save her and her family And not only was she listed with the great men of faith, but she was also listed uh, in the lineage of Jesus, listed in the Bible. And so when you think of the great women of the Bible, you don't typically think, you wouldn't typically think of Rahab. You would think of ladies like Mary, the mother of Jesus, or you would think of Esther, the beautiful queen who saved the Jewish people, or Sarah, the wife of Abraham, or the mother of Isaac, or even the Proverbs 31 woman, of noble character. How many times do we compare ourselves to others and ask ourselves, you know, how do we measure up? How, how as women, as moms, as wives, just as people, maybe even fathers and sons, how do we measure up? But I, I was looking at Proverbs 31. I, I wanted to just kind of give you some things that if I, as I was reading Proverbs 31, some a few things that I thought was kind of interesting and and funny. So the one, even if you're not familiar, you might have heard some of this before. Um, It says that in Proverbs 31, it says that she's worth far more than rubies is how it starts off. And then a little bit verses down in verse 15, it says, she gets up while it is still night and she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Isn't that nice of her? So nice, that she gets up while it's still dark. And I, my, my automatic reaction was, well, if I compared myself, I would already be disqualified. My family and I get up at 5.30 in the morning and my children are in here so they can testify. It is carnation instant breakfast. That is what we have while it is still dark outside. And then you go down a few more verses in verse 21. It says when it snows that she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. And so my first thought here is she had no fear because she thought ahead because she was prepared. She didn't get distracted and she stayed focused. So when it was winter and it was time for the and it snowed that she didn't have any fear because she had peace because she was prepared. So now how many of you moms can relate, or parents in general, can relate that whenever it comes summer or it comes winter, you act like you didn't know it was coming, like you didn't know May was here, you didn't know December was here, and you send your kid to school and you're like, I'm so sorry, just, I promise, I'll have a jacket when you get out from school, and I'll, or I'll have shorts, I promise, just one more day and I'll get it, like it was a surprise, right? Right? So if I'm comparing myself to this Proverbs 31 woman, I'm like, already, already I'm disqualified. And then you go down a little bit further, which is my personal favorite. And in verse 28, it says, her children arise and call her blessed. I'm like, that's awesome. That's just so awesome. But as as if that's not enough, then it says, and her husband praises her also. That's just really great. So then in verse 29, it's actually in quotation marks because then they're going to quote like what her husband would say. And do you want to hear what he says? He says, many women do noble things, but honey, you surpass them all. Wasn't that so sweet of him? That was just so nice. And so, you know, Jim and I like to go on dinner dates. Do y'all like to go on dinner dates? go out with friends, have dinner, have fun. So have you ever been on a dinner date, maybe out with some friends, and their whoever you're with, their spouse kind of sounds like that. They're talking back and forth and you're like, we got in an argument on the way over here, and I don't really wanna hear what you have to say to your spouse. I don't really wanna hear how they're far worth more than rubies. <laughs> and, uh, but how many times do we do that? And then we begin to compare our marriage or we compare our children. And then the enemy begins to just say, you know what, how can you do anything else when, you're not, when, when your marriage is like this or your, your, your children are not in order? Or... And I think sometimes we can just com- start to compare ourselves. And I thought, I thought that was really interesting because it's easy to do. And so the first point is, just don't compare your life with other people. God wants to use you right where you are. So just like Rahab with the other women in the Bible, she was listed in the lineage of Jesus. She was uh, given as an example of her faith, and um, God used her right where she was. She didn't have everything right or perfect, but she also, you can't compare. You can't compare your life. The The second thing that we can learn is don't let your mistakes define you. In James chapter 2, verse 25, it says, In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? When she's mentioned, they call her Rahab the prostitute. How many times have we attached our sin to our name and then taking ownership as if that's who I am? She she, it's, it's not giving her, it's not defining who she is when it says Rahab the prostitute. It's actually, her mistake is actually giving God glory because that she could still be used in a, in a significant way, that it's even Rahab the prostitute that can be used, that can step out in faith and that God can still use her. And so, and that's because God's grace has no limits. His grace has no limits. Her sin, her sin was attached to her name, but that's not what she was known for. She was known for the fact that God used her in spite of her sin. That she was known for her faith and not her failure. I believe that it was a defining moment for Rahab, that she she didn't have it all right and she wasn't perfect, but she chose to step out in faith, to take that risk. And that and I I love that. I love that you know, we, we have to ask ourselves, what, what is it that defines me? Is it my faith? Is it my failures? I, uh, I, I would love to stand here and tell you that I have lived a life where I didn't let my failures define me, but that's not, that's not true. There's been a lot of years where I have allowed my past to define me, and and where, you know, I think Pastor Jim has talked and, and kind of shared a lot about that defining moment for him where, you know, the night in our early 20s when we were in dr- on drugs and God saved us. And, um, you know, I haven't shared a lot about my personal testimony, but I have a testimony from when I was young leading up to that. We were in our early 20s, but I had a whole life of messes and mistakes before then, and uh, and and i was just running i was when i was younger it was i was promiscuous i there was a lot of uh, drugs and alcohol and just anything that i could to run from the pain and rejection that i was feeling and so i i, th- I think that um it's not been until we've launched this church until i have really understood the power of relationships that I have been able to kind of share my story and allow God to define me and not my past. And last week was my 40th birthday. I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, I, and there's a way, there, part of you is like, why couldn't I have done this sooner? <laughs> but you know what? I have to just trust God that it's the right time and it's the right time. But the deal is, is I can share my story and say, don't let your past define you. Let God define you. It, Rahab wasn't known for her failures and her fears. She, she's lived a life of sin, and yet even Rahab was used as an example of faith. And so don't let your past define you. I love this, I, re, I remember Pastor Jim has shared this before, that people define you by how they meet you, but God defines you how he made you. That's how you're defined. I love that. And then the last thing I feel like that we can learn from the life of Rahab is that you're not cheated, you are chosen. And this one speaks to our frame of mind. It speaks to our outlook, our outlook on life. I love the fact that here at Anchor Ben, one of our brand promises is, is that we wanna change your outlook. We want you just to begin to see life a little bit different. And, and, a, and I've had to change my outlook. Um, I actually had lots of examples, but I pulled a few out. And so, but I've had to change my outlook, which is redefined, who I am and who I see myself because I see what God sees. And uh, one of the things is I was diagnosed with insulin-dependent diabetes um, when I was 22 years old. And so that was right after, Jim, you know, I'm newly married, excited, young, um, but then just— through some, uh, a random test, wasn't even expecting it. Somebody, the the nurse was like, "Well, I, I see an elevated sugar. Has anybody ever talked to you about this?" And I'm like, "No, I have no idea what you're talking about." Um, and then I was diagnosed. They, I was put on insulin injections. They said you have to, you know, take injections four or five times a day. You need to check your blood sugar. Um, and so this, my, for the last 20 years, you know, through all of my pregnancies, it's it's extra care. It's extra. Testing. It's we we were had to be induced, and it's it's kind of been a little bit of a hardship along the way. And I can't tell you, you know, just the the little things in everyday life. You know, the numerous amount of times that Jim has had to turn around. We're all ready and we're excited to go somewhere, and then I'm like, I forgot my insulin. Uh, I forgot my blood sugar, and then because I have ADD too, so I can't keep up keep keep up with it all. I'm like, bless his heart. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. We got to turn around. (laughs) But the point is, is it's just this extra weight. You know, I'm always, every time we travel, it's the supplies, it's this, it's that. Or when we're out of town, I'm having to track, you know, track down a pharmacy. And um, But even more than that, just my health, you know, my desire to live a long life. You know, there's there's been nights where, you know, early on where I was hospitalized. And then even since then, there's been scary moments where, You know, I accidentally took the wrong insulin. I have a fast and a fast acting and a slow acting. And the slow acting you take at night and you take a large amount and it carries you throughout the day. And then the fast acting is to hit it right then and you smaller amount to cover your meals. Well, I took the large amount, but the wrong insulin. And so I took the fast acting at bedtime, 22 units of fast acting at bedtime. And, uh, and so then Jim had to stay up with me all night, you know, making me drink orange juice. And I was like, I can't drink another thing. And he was like, you know, making me, you know, just drinking it just to make sure that it's going to level out before we go to sleep, you know, or we've been out with family. One time we went to the fair here at the Fort Bend County Fair. And, uh, it was a couple, I don't know, I guess maybe three or four years ago and we were leaving and Jim had a meeting. So he and I was with my in-laws and so he said, okay, well you, you just ride with them. And leaving the fair, I, w- I was talking to Miss Debbie, and that was the last thing I remember. And the next thing I woke up, and I was on the couch at home. And so, from what I was told, you know, my blood sugar just bottomed out. And they called Jim; he had to rush home. And um, I wasn't making much sense; I was confused. Thank goodness, I was not. The plan was, you know, for me not to drive. But it, but even I, I know with Jim, he probably doesn't say anything. But in the back of his mind, he's always like thinking about it. You know, is she okay? Is it, you know, making sure that I'm all right? And, uh, and, and we've prayed for healing. You know, I, I have answered many altar calls and I would be lying if I did not say that, that it, that there were times that we weren't discouraged, but I, I think it would be easy to feel cheated to feel like, God, why, why is this, you know, I have, I have all this, you know, I have four kids and I'm trying to lead the church. I'm trying to do this. Why is this thing? Why do I, why is this mine? And I, and I really just, this, this phrase, you were, you're, you're not cheated. You were chosen. is so powerful to me because I, I thought I had to, you know, I was thinking, what if I, what if I was chosen? What if I wasn't, cheated from the life that i think i could live but i was chosen that if i was what if i was chosen to walk in faith and what if i was chosen to bring others along this journey and what if god waited all of these years for my faith to be built up for me to share the story so that other people because my influence is greater now right than when i was in my early 20s he could have healed me then But what about the impact now? And what what if it's not about me? What if I was chosen because somebody else is supposed to be healed? What if I was chosen because somebody else needs to be encouraged? I have, uh, you know, I have another example. Um, And and I just think there's a lot of times in life where we can look. It is about changing our outlook. That's why I said in the beginning, it's about our frame of mind. It's about our frame of reference. It's about how we see things. And that's why our brand promise is change your outlook. Change the way, put on the, the rose colored glasses. You're gonna see everything with whatever color that is. And it's so important to change your outlook. You know, Jim and I, we have a great marriage. It's not perfect. Do, do we argue? Yes. He's already said that, we're in counseling. <laughs> but do we love each other? Yes. Are we committed? Yes. And I think, you know, um, just the other day, you know, I think the thing about being fully committed is we work, we're we working hard. You know, we refuse to give up. I, he A package came in the other day and on the outside of it says, five dates. And Carson was like, I think that's for you, mom. Like, and so then I'm like, do I open it in front of the kids or not? I don't know what that means. So, but it was a, but it was a book. It was a workbook where he reads a book. I read a book and then it's about communication and you have activities to do. And then there's these cards and you go on that, you do the activity and then you ask each other questions, um, just to get to know each other and just to really work on it, to be purposeful, and. Um, You know, I think about all that and think, gosh, you know, you could look at it one way and say, well, why couldn't we be like, you know, he always uses Dwayne and Leslie with the umbrella in the rain. But you know, the truth is, is God brings us through, there's a a beauty to that. And God brings us through seasons. And even just the last couple of years, you know, I realized there's two generations before mine of broken marriages. My mom and my dad, my grandpa and my grandma. And I haven't even gone back further because I really don't want to. So, but there's two generations and you know what? You know what that really spoke to me? I, I just had this revelation when I, when I figured that out was that I'm not, it's not about, I'm not, I'm not cheated because I didn't have a, a role model or because my parents were divorced and I didn't have a role model of, of parents that you know lived, have been married for 30 years and I wasn't cheated because of that. What if I was chosen? What if I was chosen to break the generational curse so that my kids can have healthy marriages? You know what? Mom and dad didn't, get all, didn't always get along and mom's a little cray-cray sometimes. But you know what? They ain't giving up. They're gonna fight and they're not gonna give it up. If I know one thing, it's that my mom and dad will still be there, that they'll still be together. And so I the thing is, is I just think, Gosh, what if, what if we were chosen? What if the fight that we're in is not even about this lifetime? It's about we're fighting things so that our children can be free, whatever it is, so that our children don't have to fight the same things that we fight. And he's saying, hey, Phyllis, hey, Jim, you were chosen. You're gonna lead this church and people are gonna be you know, changed by your story. They're gonna be encouraged by your stories. They're gonna, like, you were chosen to make a difference. So I thought that was so, so powerful because I feel like it's not only us that were chosen. You were chosen. You were chosen. You have to ask yourself, God, what was I chosen for? What am I looking at right now in my life where I feel cheated, where I feel like I didn't get what I ought to get or what I thought I needed in life? But God, I trust you. And I, I show me where I'm chosen to be what you've called me to be. And I, I wanted, I'm going to close with this, and it's a scripture that I want to share. And it may be a word for someone here today. It's kind of a, a funny story. So I, my my birthday was this past week, and uh, we celebrate in staff birthdays and on uh, on Mondays when we have our staff meetings. So Pastor Zelda went to Kroger's and to get flowers, and she was at the checkout, and the gentleman asked her what, uh, what is the special occasion? What is it for? And she said, well, it's my pastor's birthday. And he said, oh, he said, well, and he wrote uh, something on the back of the receipt. And he said, I wrote a scripture on the back of the receipt. And he said, I feel like this could be, this could be God appointed. This was just last week. I feel like this could be an appointment by God. He said, tell her to to look it up and read it. And so I did. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to share this today because I feel like it could be for somebody here and he had no idea that I was speaking for Mother's Day but it was powerful and it spoke to me and I'm just I believe that I was supposed to share this this morning for someone it's Psalms 139 verse 16 it says your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass And I just felt like God was saying, I got you. I knew you before there was even like a little bean in your mother's womb. I already knew you. I already knew what I created you for, what you were made for. And all of those days where you messed up, where you were living like Rahab and not doing what God's called you to do and making mistakes, I knew those too. He knew it before, he knew it before any of it even came to pass. And I just thought, you know what? He brought me so much peace. God's not surprised by our mistakes. He's not surprised when we mess up. You know what? He's waiting for us to look back. He's saying, okay, girl, okay, guy, get up, dust off your feet, dust off your knees. He's like, I know I got all that. I knew you, were, I knew you were going to do that, girl. I know, I know, just come just get it together. (laughs) Just like, I knew that, but, but I just want you to come to me so I can show you your future so that you're not defined by all that. And I thought that was so powerful. I really did. And it's so funny because Pastor Zelda almost forgot, literally it was after the meeting and she was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this guy. And she told me the story. I'm like, what? Like somebody literally like God sent an angel to tell me a scripture. And she, uh, and she said, yeah, just look it up and read it. And you know, it's pro- it may not have meant as much to anybody else in the office, but it did to me. And I feel like that it probably spoke to someone here today. I'm just gonna pray as we close. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray that you would just help, our, just help us change our outlook. God, that we would begin to see life differently. Father, as um, as moms and as wives, as children, as dads, God, that we would begin to see our lives just a little bit different. God, I pray that you would help us to not compare, that we wouldn't look to the left or to the right, but that we would keep our eyes on the goal, that we keep our eyes on the prize that you have set before us. And more importantly, God, that we would keep our eyes on you that we wouldn't look at what we've done, but God, we would look at you and what you've called us to be and do. And God, I pray for, Lord, that we would not be defined by our fears and failures. Lord, we know that that is not how you define us. You define us how you made us. And God, I pray that you would just change our thinking, that we would not let our past or our failures define us anymore. And God, I pray that you would continue to remind us, Lord, that it would resonate in our hearts and our spirits that we were not cheated, but God, that we were chosen. We were chosen by you just like Rahab, just like Rahab stood out in faith. She saved her family. She was listed in the lineage of Jesus. And God, she was listed among the great men of faith. God, that we were chosen. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.
1: Come on.